What is going on, you guys? What up? <laughs> it's time for everyone's favorite podcast, Jokes on You. I know it's mine, and I know it's yours. Oh, yeah. So that makes me Harley. And that's me. I'm Missy. I hope so. Otherwise, you've been abducted by aliens or something. Let's get at it. Oh, so, guess what, you guys? We got a very special guest on today's episode oh, of yeah. Walking Through History. Yes. And he is a Civil War reenactor and a Wild West reenactor. Ooh. I did not know that part. Brady, how's it going? Welcome to the show. Very yes. good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been doing reenacting since um, roughly tw- since 2019. Um for wild or for civil war and i recently gone into wild west within the last year and a half or so nice and i've been really running with that um so by all means grand scheme of things very new to the reenacting field you can see a lot 30 30 timer 30 year old yeah. guys on there so so which one do you like best the wild west or the civil war both of them offer different experiences yes. um to their own experience altogether. Uh, if you want to see more of the the actual like history part of it, both of them are very good. Um, the Civil War part shows more of the battle part of it, mm-hmm. and a kind of a general idea of what certain aspects of the military life offered. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Wild West is a little more fun. Whimsical style, oh, yeah. Imaginary, not, yeah, yeah, but it's all based around the authenticity mm-hmm. of the Wild West. Right. The clothing is all accurate uh, recreations, or even in some cases, original. We see wow. stuff out. Uh, whereas the Civil War, you don't see any of the originals because of safety issues and all that. Um, I like to think that the Wild West is a little bit more family-oriented because we have fun with everybody, whereas the Civil War is very family-oriented as well, but it's a little bit more towards that one piece of history that that one person in the family may study, whereas the Wild West, you can have the bartender, you can have the saloon, you can have the gunfighter and the lawman, and you can have all of that undertakers and everything you can get the whole experience per se whereas the civil war like i said it's more the military aspect or you have the living historians that may do like the nurses or very specific parts of it okay that's pretty cool now um so i have to ask civil war uh what side were you on and like your unit and i want to hear about it man all right so I was actually um, part of the 4th North Carolina Cavalry, Company B, and that was a Confederate cavalry unit that was an actual unit during the war, um, and it, they fought one battle in North Carolina at the very beginning of the war, and then they got transfer, transferred to the Army of Northern Virginia under Robert E. Lee, and they fought through the rest of the war, um, and were one of the units that fought and uh, surrendered and was pardoned at Appomattox. So, how did you? Uh, what made you want to get into doing the reenacting? Well, I was always really big into history, mm-hmm. and I always seen like the, the History Channel documentaries and all that, and like you see these guys out in the fields doing this. I'm like, that's always really cool. Mm-hmm. How did you get into that? And then being on social media. On Facebook, I had I met a couple of friends. I made a couple of friends on there that did do Civil War reenacting, and one of them was in the unit I just mentioned, the Fourth North Carolina uh, Cav. And I got talking to him. He's like, "Well, come out to Gettysburg. We're doing a weekend event coming up uh, for the Battle of Gettysburg. Come out, see what it's like, meet the unit." And I just kind of ran with it from there. And some of the guys from the my cav unit they retired um or they stepped down with family commitments and all that and some other stuff going on in that in general and they went to wild west 
and they were ready to come out to this, give it a shot. And, and they, <laughs> yeah, they got me hooked on it and I can't, That's cool. I can't get enough of it. Very so. cool. Nice. Um, where do you do the wild west ones on? So most of those are actually, uh, we do what are, what, well, train robberies. Mm -hmm. So we do a couple of on one day events with those. And those are, right now we're currently doing the Walkersville and Southern Railroad in Walkersville, Maryland. Okay. And the Northern Connecting Railroad down in New Freedom, Pennsylvania. Gotcha. And we'll go on the trains. We make a big hoot and a holler on there. We rob the trains. And we give out uh, fake jewelry and fake money and all oh, that okay. to the passengers and we rebel rouse with them and all that. And That's really We end cool. up robbing and we have a big shootout and all that. And it's a lot of fun. And there's always something different that we're doing. We too. really need to do that. I want to I see that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Especially with the, with the um, Northern Central, um, yeah, sorry, Northern Central Railway in New Freedom. That's a really cool thing because they have a replica of a Civil War era steam locomotive. So that you're okay. riding in very close to period correct cars or period looking cars and a period looking locomotive and you're around all these other guys that look period correct and there's points that you're just like wow that's like um the other week we did a a weekend event for the northern central and we were on our last train it was getting dark out and it was a very light train and we were coming back and we were just tired and we were sitting in the one a couple of us sat down in one of the cars and the lights were coming on like the, they had the lights on in the car mm -hmm. and of course they're all upholstered upholstered and decorated to look like the cars from that era and we're just sitting there and it's just all all people from like dressed in that wild yeah, okay. 1870s to 1880s late victorian era garment and you're just like this is what it would have looked like mm -hmm. this is very close to what it would have looked like wow and it was just kind of one of those surreal moments yeah of, just like real neat this is yeah neat. yeah wow that's cool so like what what do you guys do to uh um if this question's a two-parter so what do you guys do to like um prepare uh, for like the Wild West or like the Civil War reenacting, like you guys go over morning routines or like, um, like I know you were talking at work, um, where some guys will do it up for the Civil War, where like it was, um, like what is your experience with that? All right, so it you kind of have to handle that in two different parts for. The Civil War aspect of it, a lot of it was in the mornings you would ha maybe have some light, you would have, um, obviously, breakfast yeah, as well, and then you'd kind of go over with your unit of like, okay, this is kind of what we're doing, and then you may do a little bit of drilling, then weapons inspections, and then you would form up with all the other units, and they would kind of go over what everyone was doing and then you would hurry up and wait and then you'd still wait and then you'd finally do something and then it would end in waiting so, lots of waiting <laughs> guys a lot of the guys that do reenacting in general are former military from what i've experienced and they say a lot of it's like the military of you hurry up and wait, wait yeah <laughs> and you hear that that phrase being thrown around a lot out there in the field and then you'd come back and you'd be cleaning weapons, kind of coming, like bringing back down, um, just trying to relax a little bit. And then you'd cook supper or go out for another battle or what was scheduled sort of thing. As far as Wild West goes, you show up, you do a weapons inspection, ammo inspection, um, because with Wild West, you're actually using cartridges and not loose black powder like Civil War was. So we have to actually, we inspect all ammo to make sure everything's correct, like handmade stuff or store-bought stuff, because you can buy some of that from the store and you can make some of it yourself. Um, whereas the Civil War stuff, it's 
you know it works. Right. <laughs> because it's just loose powder, and if it's anything else, then you kind of know right away. Um, and with Wild West, you do, like I said, the weapons inspection, the ammo inspection, and you guys, and then we kind of, we will go over briefly, okay, what's the order, like, what's going on for the day, there's this many trains, there's this many event, like, there's this many little gunfights or whatever, this person's doing, like, these people are doing this part of it, these people are doing this part of it, what the expectations and hopes and procedures are going to be of the day. And honestly, above all, for any reenactment, safety is the most important thing. Not only for the reenactors, obviously, because today we want to go home to our families. Yeah. But above all, our safety is for the spectators. Yeah. So. <coughs> wow. Well, that's that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't want to take off thunder. Do you have any questions yet? Go ahead. Um, so, like, uh, and I'm kind of, uh, throwing you into the dark a little bit. So, with your unit being Confederate unit, um, you know, uh, and obviously today, nowadays, it's, everyone's racist. Oh, this is racist. You know, um, can you jump into your unit a little, um, to tell us, like, what is your opinion on you know, the Confederate unit you were in, the Confederate flag, um, just General Robert E. Lee in general. Okay, so it's a lot to cover in a short amount of time. Yeah, and there's it's okay. whole people that make their careers off of just debating different parts of this yeah. themselves, let alone the whole question, that whole multi-faced question that which you I, asked. I can't thank you enough for doing this for us. Yeah, oh, yeah. By all means, my pleasure. Um, to start, the... Our unit was not sexist. Our unit was not racist. Uh, Many units are not sexist. Many units are not racist. Are there reenacting units out there that are? There can be. Like anything. There can be a racist boss or a sexist boss. Um, Same thing with co-workers or people in general. They're out there. So not saying that they're not out there. But they're not supposed to be. Yeah. Doing my kind of stuff. Yes, correct. Yeah. My unit and the units I've ever worked around with, and anyone I've ever met, no, not at all. Thank not at all racist, not not sexist or anything. Good. Um, as far as the units back in the day, historically speaking, there were slave owners in, that fought in the Confederate Army. Won't lie about that. Slavery is not a great thing or not a good thing at all. Uh, but when the war started out, it didn't start out at specifically over the issue of slavery. It started over the issue of states' rights. And it's kind of interesting you see a lot of states' rights idea being pushed today and all that. And it's just kind of that weird, huh. We're bound to repeat history if we don't look at it yeah and there were there were slave owners but the vast majority of grunts that fought for the confederacy were not really slave owners um not saying they didn't see slaves but i um i recently picked up a book it was called um the civil war in the smoky mountains when i was on vacation out there uh this summer and it had a chart saying about the number of slaves owned in Sevier County right before the Civil War, because they had to keep records of all that, because at the time it was considered property, and it was part of the census, and it's kind of weird how that works, but yeah, not good stuff, but... Right, but it's facts. Yes, and it was actually, specifically in Sevier County... Because you're looking at the Smoky Mountains in farm in the Smoky Mountains, Tennessee area, it's a very hard area to make farms, let alone plantations. Mm-hmm. There wasn't that many slaves. Now, not saying if someone saw a slave, they'd be like, "Oh my gosh, that's 
that's just not right at all. But most of them, like, they would have seen slaves, but not a lot of people owned slaves in specifically Sevier County, Tennessee. And that was true for other areas, I'm sure, as well. Um, But kind of, and I'm I'm kind of torn on this myself, You, you never fully know what is quote-unquote propaganda of yeah was every confederate slaver no was every federalist or union just supervisor like right. and abolitionist yeah. no just like now not every muslim is against exactly us you know it's, yeah. yeah so it's just you gotta kind of look at it with the two-sided coin and there's a lot of agenda going on with that today. And there was a lot of romanticism about the Confederacy. Some good, some bad. Um, I do think that we need to study it, and there's a lot of tactics that can be learned from it, and a lot of rights and wrongs that can be learned from it. Uh, but it's one of those we need to take it with a grain of salt, and that salt needs the burn. So... Uh, General, General Robert E. Lee, like, um, so I know you guys have your own, um, your own Robert E. Lee, uh-huh. who is, the, who portrays him as the general. Um, I think there's actually multiples of them. Oh, really? Um, but being that he, I wasn't a private. Yeah. You never really saw him. You would never see the reenactor Robert E. Lee too much. Oh, really? No, because it's one of those, there's so many guys out there. It's very, and the best way I can describe it is, if you know someone in the military, you're not going to go up to that person and be like, yeah. hey, you're in the army. Do you know this person in the Navy? Yeah, right, exactly. So it's very okay. similar to that. And also, Cav is kind of in its own oddball thing altogether, because we don't like being around other people. You seem like you fit in pretty good there. <laughs> no um, offense, buddy. No, no, no worries. Um, because of the horses, we try to, we tend to kind of keep away from the main camps, and they divide camps up into artillery. Well, for reenacting, they divide them up into <coughs> infantry, artillery, living history, and cav. And usually, cav kinds of stay tends to stay a little further away because of the horses. As well as people are there to see, like, the infantry and the living history part of it. So, we just kind of... So, living history, what do you mean by that? So, living history in the terms of the Civil War, of course, all reenacting is kind of living history. Right, right, right. Uh, But living history in the Civil War context is they may not be specifically betraying a military unit. They may be betraying a doctor. That serving, like a surgeon following the military, or women being um, camp camp wives and all that, and like the services that kind of went along, or like the farming aspect of it, they're showing the living part of it, not the war part of it, per se. Gotcha. Or they may, or yep. the living historians may also not take the field to fight the battles, right? but they may do demonstrations and all that. I actually knew somebody um, back in the early 2000s that she went to all the reenactments and uh, she was just amazing. She was very, it's very authentic uh-huh. and it's very, you know, oh, yeah, you they do things really exactly, yeah, exactly the way it was back then and uh-huh. the way they did things back then. So, I found that fascinating. Mm-hmm. It, it always is. And there's different levels of reenacting. Even, like, reenacting, people always look at it like, oh, yeah, it's really cool that you got really deep dive into it. And then when you're in it, you're like, okay, that guy is off the author's rocker because he goes out and he does so much more. Like, he only babes once a week or... Oh, yeah. Wow. But, like, he's traveling from battlefield to battlefield, and he takes a freak. <gasps> shame, shame, shame. 
We have to redo all that. No, no, no. no. Yes, go again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we're supposed to turn our phones down. Yeah, I forgot to turn my phone off. <laughs> were you part of the unit that killed my uncle? <clears throat> um, Reynolds. Yes, General John Fulton Reynolds. So, the 4th North Carolina calf was at Gettysburg. We are on the North Carolina Monument at Gettysburg. Oh, dude, that's like bone chilling right there. But, I am not 100% sure offhand of what section we were in. Because being Cav, we may have been in York or in Carlisle at the time with, um, oh gosh, now I'm having a brain fart. With Jeb Stewart. Right. So, one of the things was, Jeb Stewart, during Gettysburg, or the days leading up to Gettysburg, Jeb Stewart came through York and went up to Carlisle, Pennsylvania, and Confederate forces continued down to Wrightsville, Pennsylvania, mm. before going back to Gettysburg. Hey, there's a rainbow. Well, it's like, a, what did they call it? Because it's not raining. Sorry. A sunbow? Yeah, but it's, uh, there's a name for it. Oh, yeah, I see it earlier. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just No, it's that. okay. And I'm, you know, one of those. So, um, what was your favorite, like, what, I mean, what was your favorite battlefield? Like, where's your favorite place to reenact? Um, do you have a favorite? I, I have a couple of different favorites. I have ones that I don't like. Uh, certainly, and I'll leave those out of it because I respect for those battlefields. Right. I respect for the men and women that take the time to put into the battlefields um, and volunteer their time and all that for that. Uh, my favorite battlefields are for Civil War are Cedar Creek and Appomattox. Okay. Appomattox because it's a very surreal place. Um, because that's where Robert E. Lee and the Army of Northern Virginia surrendered to uh, Ulysses S. Grant and uh, federal forces. And it's just a really neat place that's not... that The Park Service there, I found, is just very... They love to have us there. Yeah. And... They're very open to having us there, as well as it's it's really bone chilling when you can actually take part where it was and not on a field that is just outside of that town or just outside of that battlefield. Okay, um, that is really cool, and, and I'm glad there are people are open to. There are, and there sadly are also battlefields that are closed to that idea, oh. or they're very stringent because they want to keep it a certain way, or there's Which some I can politics kind involved. Of understand? Yeah, the, and I can. Because uh, I'm sorry, I mean, because when you think about it, you know, um, instead of you know Brady, uh, you're the first one I thought of, yeah. like Brady putting his foot on where. You know, General Robert E. Lee last stood, or like uh, General Grant, or like uh, General Reynolds last stood. Um, well, we all know where General Reynolds last stood, but uh, like you can preserve that history. Yeah. But so I, I think that's kind of cool. But you know, it. Yeah, there there's certain ways to do it, and some battlefields are also so big that it's really a lot of battlefields are so big. It's hard to do that because then it opens it up to, well, this this unit may want to do this on this part of the field, and this unit may want to do this on this part of the field, when neither of those parts are, are able to do that. So it's a lot of logistics that are involved, and of course, I, am, I never got that big into it to know what those logistics are. Right. Um, Cedar Creek I love because it was another battlefield that was it actually a battlefield mm. and we get to reenact that specific section uh, as well and that's that to me is one of the, 
the coolest battles of the Civil War in the East to me because it really to me it kind of picturizes the whole Civil War in a nutshell in kind of one battle and the way it worked was Confederate forces um, federal forces were camped out just outside of Middletown, Virginia uh, near the Bell Grove farm Okay. And Confederate forces more or less came out of nowhere and surprised them. And the Federal forces had camp and had breakfast cooking on fires. They were that unprepared. Muskets were stacked. Arms were stacked. Men were not in full uniform. They weren't prepared. Mm-hmm. Confederate forces were completely routed. They, they came through camp. They marched through camp. Um, Federal forces went into full retreat and towards Middletown, Virginia itself. And they, the only reason they were able to not be completely pushed off the field was as Confederate forces were pushing them out of the Federals out of their camp is they stopped to raid the camps. Because this was mid to late war at this point, supplies were getting low, were getting pretty bad. Men were stopping, looking for boots, looking for food, looking for weapons and ammo, anything that would be of any sort of value, spoils of war sort of thing. They they stopped so long they lost all their initiative. Federals were able to regroup just outside of Middletown and then push back the confederate forces and any they got some gains but at that point it was not enough games to change the course of the battle from what the federals were pushing back Mm -hmm. and that to me is just it really signifies the midpoint into the late point of the war of this is how bad things really were for the confederates right Uh, supplies were bad (laughs) So that's why I like that. As far as Wild West goes, they're all they're all great. Um, the the railroads that we go to, they work very personally with us. Um, the groups are smaller, so it's easier to work with certain things um, to suggest different ideas and all all that. Um, and even the weekend events like the Northern Central Cowboy yeah. Weekend that we just did, they that's a great thing um, in itself because we sent up a whole tent town. And then there's also a weekend event at Old Bedford Village in Bedford, Pennsylvania. Um, that's a really neat thing where they have this area stowed away and it's all historical buildings. That's really old, cool. old log cabins. That is cool. Old. Nice. I bet that, that would be so neat to see. It, it is, yeah. because they, they open it all up. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's all these old log cabins yeah. that date back. That's what I a want. That would be long time. awesome. Oh, my gosh. And then you see us walking around in 1880s crap clothing. Yeah. And it's just... Again, it, it becomes a little surreal because this is kind of the way it would have looked. So yeah. that that part I, I just love as well. It's so weird, like, how far we've come since then. Mm-hmm. And it really, if you think about it, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. You know it, it was, for some families, it was three generations. That which is not that long. No. That's a great-grandfather. Well, you, know? yeah. you want to hear something weird? Okay, so this will make you feel, and I, I apologize, but this will make you feel, like, weird. So. What, who, me? Yeah. Okay. And, because it made me feel weird at first, too. Okay. Like, someone's like, hey, you were born in 1900s. I'm like, oh, snap, I was. Because I was born in 1986. Right. Like, it's cool to actually. It's not even, like, doesn't make me feel weird because I know I'm old. Well, no, not the old aspect, but, like, it's just... Right, because this was, we're talking about the 1800s. Yeah. And this is the 19... That's what I'm saying. It was not that long ago. No. 
No, it's now. Have you ever like wanted to go actually out west and go see like a railroad? Well, we're not that, you know what I mean. We were, we're yeah. All right, sorry. No, it's oh, okay. No. Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> that was the right um, I would not mind maybe going out and seeing like some of the like seeing tombstone. I think that'd be cool. Mm. Same time though, a lot of the the old west towns yeah have been kind of commercialized. I feel mm. um, like to, like, like so, tombstone has this whole persona of commercialization around it kind of like certain battlefield towns of the civil war it kind of loses its authentication then i to me mm-hmm. once they do that because that's not what it was about yeah when you now when you said like certain towns in the civil war are we talking like gettysburg partially or- yes like gettysburg has done a very good job at keeping its authenticity they have they have what houses remain from the Civil War or buildings that remain from Civil War landmark and all that. But there's also a lot of tourism built up for the Battle of Gettysburg and for the for the tourist aspect of mm-hmm. the battlefield as well as the modernization of it. So, well, I mean, and, and there's no way not to. Right, and that's what I was just going to say. Of course you're going to have that, but to pretty much commercialize like the whole thing, I, it's not right you're kind of erasing not erasing history but taking away from it when you're doing that because that's not what it was about and it's not what that was for mm-hmm. you know i don't know it's just how i feel no i get it um you know i i mean me personally like well with never being like the tombstone or something like that where i i would honestly probably see it different than brady because he does the wild west reenacting mm-hmm. Like, if I want somewhere like that, and I go, oh, my God, this is so cool, where you would probably go and go, oh, yeah, it's a little commercialized for my blood, but... Well, and I'm not saying I wouldn't find it cool. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not saying that either. But I'm not going, I'm not catching a plane ticket to go yeah. to Arizona next week. To do that, right. Yeah. But, like, you would, I mean, you would probably pick up on stuff quicker than me and yeah. Missy, and, and you go, huh, yeah. Uh, it's you know, hey, this is the uh, model of the train we rob in New Freedom or whatnot, mm-hmm. you know. But like, oh, and there's even aspects of that that I see that I'm like, okay, that yeah, that that that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And but I understand the reasoning behind it because it needs to be modernization. Yeah. This works better than what it what a back then. Right, and not everything is gonna be accurate. Like, yeah, people get stuff wrong all the time. You know, yeah, so and you gotta kind of have to forget that. Yeah, or like I said, because it has to be because this works so much better. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, wow. really? oh, go ahead. No, I no. No, so like uh, when you were talking about that um, new freedom and stuff, and the the flashback kind of to like mm-hmm. the, the era, and uh, when you were also talking Civil War, and you were talking the monument. North the North Carolina, like, how much chill does that run up your spine to just like you're talking about like I'm I'm not like you're talking about like you were there because you have to be there yeah but you're not there but it's like so it's like a fourth wall and a fourth wall but yeah now I get what you're saying um it's very it, it's. You're living that history. Yeah. Um, when I did my first Appomattox, it was raining just the same day. Like, the same way. It was cold. Mm. And then you have... Then there was guys telling us about, like, diaries from from that time frame of guys remembering the Battle of Appomattox or putting in their diaries, like, we ate this today, we did this today, we've been marching this long, and then you just see that you can feel the emotion mm-hmm. in it, and it is something, not everyone is sadly going to be privileged to do that, and not everyone will find it interesting, but if you do find that remotely interesting, if you do find that 
if you do like the history you find or find reenacting remotely interesting, go to a reenactment. Go see a reenactment at the very least. And kind of be in that 3D movie or in that 4D movie where you can smell the smoke, you can feel the horses tremble, like you can feel the ground trembling from the horses who's running past. Mm. And hear the tins of the canteens and cups jingling from the from their haversacks and all of that. It's just, it's neat. Well, that's the only way to describe it. It's neat, and if you really like it, maybe get into it, and then you can truly live it. Right. Or live it the best way that we currently can in, modern, in this modern age. Right. Because you don't always have the same resources. Yeah. Exactly the same as back then. Yeah. yeah. Now, I got, I got a really good one, and I... Well, this, this might take some time, so do you have anything? Uh, I do not. I'm just, I'm sorry if, I hope I'm not making you nervous by standing. It's just my back is very, eh, today. Can you give me my water, please? Thank you. I just, my back is, you know, so. I apologize if I'm making you nervous. Him, Brady, because okay. he's not No, no, not at all. <laughs> I thought you were avoiding the sun. Well, that too. That's a bonus because <laughs> I was right in my eyes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. This this is what makes this podcast one of my favorites. Is you know everything's so script so scripted with other podcasts, and we're just we're raw. We're we're we got the emotion. It's it's we run with it. We mm. don't edit. Yeah, this is very hardly. random. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it makes us authentic. Not no, hardly. Hardly. Oh. <laughs> and, and I don't know how to edit, so which uh, yeah, that's it's a learning curve. But um, go ahead. So I have one question. I do too. Can I look at that real quick? The yeah, yes, certainly. that one. Okay, go ahead. Uh, what do you think would have happened if the South would have won the Civil War? Do you think slavery was still been a problem, or do you think they would have ended it? They would have ended it. Um, and I've seen some reports. Now I'd have to go back and look more into them um but i've seen some reports of that jefferson davis had a plan to abolish slavery right and i think it would have ended given time but it wouldn't have ended quickly and there was still been jim crow and all of that afterwards it just may have been 20 years or so later, at least. And you also have to look at the other countries of the era. Britain, main reason Britain, Britain was looking at entering the war with the Confederacy. Oh, really? Yeah, and sent ambassadors to view, or sent ambassadors to view the Confederacy to see if it was a viable option, because Britain got the... British crown got a lot of cotton from the south but they couldn't back them if they couldn't see them winning and after Gettysburg Britain said no and then Lincoln and the Federals made it an issue on slavery and Britain said yeah no no we're good because Britain abolished slavery yeah. in Britain and in the colonies many decade, decades before, and that's the way the world was going in the correct way. But that being said, the way I kind of look at it is people also, Jefferson Davis kind of also understood that you couldn't just the slave, the slaves of the era. It was technically illegal to teach them to read and write. Right. So the, here's an unskilled labor force that's only skill is specifically for slave labor. Right. Is is specifically labor. So they have no fine skills of reading and writing. So how are they going to bring themselves up, per se, if you just immediately abolish it? And 
I think given time, the idea was to kind of, the idea would have evolved into, okay, we're going to kind of let them come into modern society. Like, we're going to abolish slavery slowly, so it's not this mass, more or less mass unemployment, because not only are you freeing slaves, which is the good thing, yeah, but then you also, it kind of has this black hole effect on the economics part of it, because now you have to pay all these people yeah. for their labor. And before, obviously they weren't paying them, they were housing them, but yeah. pennies on the dollar sort of thing. Uh, so now you have to pay them, and they don't have much skill set that would, would be expected, per yeah. se, of skilled labor, quote-unquote. So it's just this weird concept of, like I said, I think Jim Crow would have happened later. I think it still would have happened. Um, I think slavery would have been abolished because then all the other countries, if slavery, if the South would have won, all these other countries, like Britain, it would have became an issue of, well, why, why are they still running? Why do they still have slaves? Why are we supporting that? Yeah. Why are we trading with a country that still has slave labor? Right. After what we've fought for. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, like I said, Britain itself, why would, because the British people yeah. thought slavery was bad and abolished it, but they're going to support a country that still have slavery. So it would have been a political issue. There would have been embargoes and stuff. And eventually the con the South would have either died again, the Confederacy would have died yeah. or it would have abolished slavery given time. So no, um, that's actually kind of interesting to, because if Jim Crow would have happened 20 years you know, from then, we would have had like, like different, historical figures mm -hmm. like would Martin Luther King be there or right. doctor or would it be it's just it, 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 how it is, happened yeah. it would have been a really weird butterfly butterfly yeah. effect yeah. well See, and that's also think, would there have even been a south of the United States of America or would it have still been one. two countries yeah or would it have been kind of like the Republic of Texas, where it was seceded, and then they begged us to, they begged the United States to buy them and absorb them into the America of the United States? So. That's right, I forgot about that. See, that would be kind of, I mean, that would be, man, that would be kind of interesting, the Republic of the South, where you'd have, it would, it'd be like these basically two countries. Well, right, and that would be, you know, if that's how it was, that would be our normal. And think about it, maybe we would be here now being like, what if it was like this? Yeah. What if it was one country, you know? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's always that what if this, what if that. Well, know? yeah, what if the if the dog would have stopped to take a whiz, it would have caught the rabbit. My buddy's dad, when he was around, he did that dog. He's like, what if the dog wouldn't stop to take a pee? He would have caught the rabbit. I said, oh, okay. Maybe the rabbit was faster. You never know. But, but it is really cool, though, to think about, too, how things just play out the way they do. Mm -hmm. And and I think about this a lot with watching TV shows and movies and stuff like that. It's like, how fitting is it that these people chose these specific people? Like, uh... Ray Romano for Everybody Loves Raymond yeah. and uh, for Deborah Patricia Heaton or whatever I think her name is. Well, they were good like, actors. But, but what I'm saying is, isn't it funny? Like, if you try to p imagine that show or any show with other people oh, yeah. playing it, mm -hmm. it would be weird. You're like, oh, that wouldn't be, you know. So it's, I feel like it's kind of similar. Well, they, they did something. Sorry, we don't mean to get off topic. No, no, no. They this did is something. what we do. <laughs> They did something about that if the Avengers were filmed in the 90s. Mm -hmm. They said Tom Cruise would have been Iron Man and uh, Brad Pitt would have been Captain America. Uh, mm -hmm. 
I could see him being Thor back in or the Thor, 90s. yeah, not Captain yeah. America. But like, sorry, they like how interesting that would have been. Right. So, well, and you, you even know. see that, like you said, if something would have been filmed back then, and I'm sure you remember us mentioning, me mentioning, like, oh yeah, no, that movie, like, Blazing Saddles. There's yeah. no way that would have been made nowadays. No. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, you look at that and it's like, okay, if this would have been pushed this farther along, what would be the repercussions of that? And that is an interesting thing, but at the same time, it's not something that we need to look too far into, per se, yeah. because I think it's it, one of those we're past that. We are, yeah. But I think it also helps like with imagination, mm-hmm. with uh, it does. kids, you know. So, now I think I have a really good one before we get to some bone-chilling stories. Oh, yes. I am ready for that. So, real quick. Do you think the Confederate flag was or is racist? Well... so, why? I was just going to say that. Okay. Um, There's a couple of different ways to look at that. The Confederate flag as most of us know it today has become racist with time has become racist because of synonymous groups which i refuse to mention because i don't want to acknowledge them they are out there i will say that and they are evil but that's like the evil man that lived in germany between 1933 and 1945 with the little mustache yeah. I don't like to mention him, so... Or by name. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or to mention him. Um, but the flag that we see today that most people think is racist actually did not intentionally start... It did not. ...as the racial part of it. It was the battle flag yeah. of the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. And what that means is when forces back then when forces were marching into battle they had these big flags that they would hold and because there's so much black powder being burned it's very foggy very smoky and these troops needed to kind of get their bearings and they would look towards the flag and you even see that today of u.s soldiers always have their flag with the stars pointing forward because you march forward yeah so that now I it, heard the stars are because that's what's closest to your heart on that arm. There's a couple different conflicting accounts, but the general consensus is you never have it. It's supposed to be the when soldiers were marching, the flag would blow backwards and have the stars closest to the pole, and it'd be going forward. Okay. So that's kind of why they have that today. Okay. Um, at least from what I've heard. Of course, I can't answer that for sure. Um, but the flag of the Confederacy Nation, or yeah, the Confederacy Nation itself, was similar. Can you chew any louder there? Is that Punxsutawney? That's, what, what's his name? Dick? Oscar the Groundhog. That's a, he's a baby. Oscar, Oscar, what are you doing, buddy? He's a youngin. Well, at least it's not a possum that poops on roofs. Yeah, and then the, I, I have ammo friends. That's Oscar the Groundhog. He's pretty cool. And I have Tim the Possum. Okay. <laughs> Which is a fitting name for a possum. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, no, no worries. He was kind um, of too a little loud there. The, the flag of the Confederacy, it's, uh, the overall Confederacy... Or the national flag of it was a little bit different. Um, it did have what are called the stars and bars in it, right? Um, but actually, it almost looked more like a, sur- a flag of surrender because it was, and it changed very. It changed like ten times or five. It changed at least five times during right. the course of the war. Um, to, it was mostly a white flag, and then it was a white with blue stripe, and then it was a white with yellow and blue. Oh, God, thank God it's not white anymore. That'd really be racist. (laughs) And it's just, 
there's a lot of different little changes that were made to it over the war, but for the most part, the stars and bars on it played a very, kind of a secondary role on it. Like, when you think of the American flag, you think of the stripes, the yeah. blue, and white stars. And the Confederacy flag was kind of similar, where instead of the blue and white, the blue of the white stars, that would have been the stars and bars sort right. of part of it. Um, maybe a little smaller, maybe a little bigger, depending on what flag design you went with. But it wasn't specifically that flag. Now, the reason it's turned into it, in my opinion, is, or it turned into the racist idea, is because, like I said, those organizations made it synonymous with them. And they've kind of evolved it. And then, again, going back to the whole Civil War didn't start as a slavery issue, but then it became a slavery issue. That's where you see that coming forward. Mm. So it's kind of a, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, jumbled it together. And modern, modern politics is playing into it as well. So... Oh, I get it. It's kind of like a recipe, you know. It's a really ugly situation. Okay. Alright, so, um, now we get in chilling effects. Yeah! We're gonna hear we're gonna hear some ghost stories. Alright guys, we are gonna sign off here on the very first episode of Walking Through History. Thanks for joining us. Join us in a little bit here. For another episode, we're gonna go ghost stories. Woo-hoo. Not not just Civil War ghost stories, but maybe some Wild West ghost stories. Awesome. See you in a bit.